acceptance is accepting your new reality, even if it's less good than the one you had before. You can fight it. You can do nothing but scream about what you've lost. Or you can accept that and try to put together something that's good. Elizabeth Edwards. In episode two of The Road to Braggadocio with farmer and businessman Steve McCaskill, we heard about the EF4 tornado that destroyed this organic cotton farming operation. But we also heard that the following day, Steve was well on his way to forging ahead with growing grain. Steve's ability to anticipate coming trends encouraged his transition to organic rice. Today, in episode three, entitled, That's a Mighty Big Spoon, we hear about the door-to-door effort to grow a business and the persistence required to succeed. I'm Joey Bland, and from Circle O Productions, this is Seasons. So Steve, coming from this tragedy of this level four tornado that just leveled braggadocia, as well as your home, your business, and everything, but yet you were thinking about the future. You were thinking about what's kind of that next horizon, mm-hmm. and you felt like it was rice. And so how'd you then start building this business transitioning from organic cotton to organic rice? Well, we didn't have any equipment. And uh, I heard uh, the the ED uh, at our local county FSA office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never forget. I don't know why I called him, but he wasn't farming much. You know, he was running a, a farm service agency office. And I called him. And I, I told him, you know, what my mix was, the trouble I was in. Could I borrow his rice drill? Hmm. And the, like I said, the reason I called him was because I knew he wasn't farming much, and I knew he was growing conventional rice. Yeah. So he said, "Well, sure." So he brought it over. He sh- showed us how to set it, and at the same time, we had four guys. It's this field, just next door here okay west mm-hmm. of here mm-hmm. that whole barn was out there in that field boards nails so we had four guys picking up boards and nails you know for days and uh once we thought that it was clean then we planted we started planting the rice mm-hmm. and uh it was the only farm i had that was uh graded uh and so we had to put a well in and uh, a pump, you know, because we knew we were going to have to have water. Yeah. And uh, we had a fantastic crop. We had a lot of flat tires, <laughs> lots of flat tires. Yeah. Oh, it was ridiculous. We finally got, the county had a, a, a small tractor with a magnet on the bottom of it. Oh, really? And we went and got it, and we ran it all over here, up and down this gravel road. And we had to, and then you could turn the magnet off and drop all the metal. And you can't believe how many pieces of metal we, wow. we captured. I bet. And uh, a good friend of mine had a tire store, and 
I, we almost told him just have somebody come out here and see full time, full time yeah, staff till yeah. we get this situation under control. Yeah. So, out of curiosity, that field that you started rice had that been um, on orga- an organic cotton field prior? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, uh, with this storm and everything, w- it was the field field still considered organic or? Yes. Okay, so it was. So yes. you didn't have to back up and reestablish, you know, spend a transition time. No, to it, was certi- it was certified organic. It was still certified organic. Gotcha. Uh, you know, we started growing organic cotton before USDA got involved. Yep. And, you know, they got involved around 98. Mm-hmm. We'd already been farming five years on our on our own, meeting with people from the Tennessee Land Stewardship Association, you know. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then USDA got involved, which was a good thing. You know, everybody was getting confused. And right. That's another story. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so we harvested the rice. It did really good. We sold it. We made money. Uh, I forgot what our yield was. Mm. Uh, and I knew then that what we had to do was – we have to get some more farms graded. So we hired this guy from near Jonesboro, Arkansas, to come in, and he started grading some fields in 07. And you're doing this for leveling purposes. You're trying to get it conducive to growing rice. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I called my landlords that, you know, we own some ground, but uh, we were renting more ground than we own. Right. So I'd call every one of them, and I told them about, you know, what had happened. A lot of them didn't even know we had a tornado here. And uh, Wow. So I told them my experience with growing organic rice on 75 acres right here. And I said, uh, I want you to get your farm graded. You're going to have to pay for it. It's going to cost you, you know, 40 acres is going to cost $15,000 roughly, then we're going to put a well in, we're going to put a pump in, and we're going to start getting ready for organic rice production. And within two or three years, I had everything graded. Mm. That what we owned, except for one farm, but everybody that we were farming for was all graded mm. and irrigated. Yeah. And it, it cost a lot of money. Yeah. But so here we are, um, you know, we're growing rice, we're selling it to... Uh, specialty, specialty Rice, which they're still in business in Brinkley. Uh, it's owned by Stephen Hillsden, a real nice man, real good friend of mine. Spec, he did, he worked there, and the owners sold out mm. to him yeah. a few years back. Uh, so uh, here's at the same time we were growing popcorn organically because a buyer in north missouri came to, we were growing blue corn at the time yeah organic blue yeah. corn for frito-lay for blue corn chips yeah okay and uh we never have been able to grow corn i don't know why but so a guy from northern missouri called me and he said i'd like to come by and meet you and it was k and w popcorn and he said we are looking for another organic popcorn grower. And he said, do you, do you have any interest in growing popcorn? And mm. I said, sure. We've never grown it before. 
So he said, good, I'll get the seed for you. And uh, so they came down, he and his son, and we met, and we talked about the whole deal, what he'll pay, how he'll pay us. And we, we did 10 acres the first year. And, the, you know, it did fine. So the next year, we're growing 600 acres. Wow. You know. Yeah. We liked it. Yeah, uh, fast growth. Yeah. And uh, it was a good rotation crop with our rice yep. and soybeans. And uh, so, uh, so one night, uh, we grew it for three years. And one night, Kay goes, do we have any popcorn left in the grain bins? You know, K&W popcorn had come with trucks and yeah. got all the popcorn. Right. You know, we sold it to them. Yeah. And I said, I don't know. Let me go look. So I took a garbage sack and I got in the bin and there was maybe a garbage sack full, you know, scattered. And I, I You're swept, just scooping it up. I was scooping it up. Yeah. I brought it home. We had to dry it down. We didn't know anything about popcorn. It has to be dry. You know to pop right yep. and so we gave some to some friends and uh we popped some finally Kay tasted it see all all of this here is her fault <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting ready to tell you why because she bit into it with no butter uh-huh. you know just a little salt and it was fantastic it tasted great she said we need to put our own name on this yep and start selling popcorn. Yeah. She said, this is really good. Yeah. And I named it Braggadocia Popcorn. Yeah. And if you go to Whole Foods in Memphis or anywhere in the South or St. Louis, uh, you'll see Braggadocia Popcorn on the shelf. Right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and that's important because you're, you're a local farmer. This is a local operation in the Boot Hill of Missouri. Um I know being in Memphis, uh, I walk into the East Memphis Whole Foods and um, just kind of as you come in the door over to the left, I've seen y'all stuff and I bought y'all stuff there. And there's more than just the popcorn. Yes. Correct? Yes. Because people need to be aware uh, instead of going and buying stuff that's just got the national brand names or whatever it is, go support this local brand. Go support McCaskill Family Farm braggadocia brand what else do you have there well so uh, i called k and w bill kennebec that's who owned k and w yeah <clears throat> excuse me and i so we decided we want to sell it in a two pound bag to grocery stores mm-hmm. the popcorn and so i called him and asked him would he does he have a way to package it in two pound bags and he said yes you know, it plastic film, it cuts it off, but there's no, there's no label on it or anything. Yeah. So here we go. One of, Kay, one of Kay's friends in Dyersburg knew a lady in Memphis, Lisa Malone. Uh, she was married at the time with a, a doctor in Memphis. Uh, that she is a, a graphic artist, mm. graphic designer, yep. that she could possibly make a label for us. Okay, because we had to have a front and back label, mm-hmm. and she made the label that you see today on the front and back. That's the same label that she came up with. Yeah, you know, and uh, so I got to thinking, if we can do this with popcorn, we can do it with rice, 
And so I called Specialty Rice. Uh, I called Stephen Hilsden, and I said, uh, I told him what was going on, that our popcorn buyer was, pack was packaging our popcorn in two-pound plastic bags and 25-pound paper sacks. And I said, can we do that with our rice with you? And he said, yeah, let me call the owners, make sure. And he did, and he called me back and said, yeah, we can do the same thing that you're doing. So we, we started packing uh, our long grain organic rice, uh, brown and white. And at the time, we were growing basmati rice mm. organically. Yeah. Because that's Stephen Hilsden wanted it. And so here we are. Now we're selling. I'm going door to door. I'm set, when I'm not farming, we were farming about 1,500 acres at the time. Yep. And uh, going to the local grocery store, I didn't know what to do. It was like starting farming. I didn't know what to do. And so I just started knocking on doors. Mm -hmm. And this, we formed a, a company in March of 2013 called McCaskill Family Farm and uh, LLC. And uh, started going door to door. One of the first places I went to was Memphis Wild Oats. I think it was Whole Foods by then in 2013. Yep. And I kept driving them crazy. I'd show up and bring samples, and I was talking to the manager, and, you know, and at first there it was going in one ear and out the other how important it is that they need to stock our products on the shelf. And finally they got approval in December of that year. Our yep. company started in March of that of 2013. Yep. By December, we had our products in Memphis Whole Foods. Yep. And I just never gave up. Yep. Just you know, knocked on a lot of doors. Just knocked on a lot of doors. And I was really getting excited about what we were doing. And one of our trips, um, I remember hearing about, or Kay did, she heard about a new restaurant chain uh, opening up a restaurant in Memphis called Chipotle Mexican Grill. And yep. it was out on Ridgeway in Poplar. Yep. And uh, uh, if the funniest thing, they, they put in a store where we lived when I became a broker with Dean Witter. Oh, really? We lived there. Yeah. We had a condominium. Yeah, and right there. Right there. You remember? Yeah. Okay. And here I am going back to our old home place for when we worked in Memphis. And uh, we got to Chipotle, and uh, the line was out the door. Yep. You know, you know, it's still there. Yeah. Uh, right, right there across from Target mm -hmm. at Ridgeway. And uh, we got in line. And so when I got to the very first server, I noticed that they had a pan of brown rice and a pan of white rice. And they were serving it with a great big cafeteria-style spoon. Yeah. And I, my brain's going, I mean, I, I thought this place uses a lot of rice. Uh, so we're checking out. And I asked the checkout person if they had a card for the area manager or something. They gave me a card, and the manager was in Nashville. And uh, we got home, and I, kept, I was so excited. I said, we got to get into Chipotle. Mm. So we drove to Nashville. I called the district manager, and I told him who I was. And I'm, I said, I'm going to drive over here and give you 
a bag of rice. I want you to try it. He said, well, come on, you know. So we took him a 25-pound bag, hmm. and he didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> they were getting rice from Riceland yep. and Producers Rice Mill in uh, Arkansas. Yeah. And th- I did not get very far with this guy. We, were, we became real good friends. But at the same time, we got a flyer in the mail. Uh, it was the first meeting of the Missouri Organic Association to be held in St. Louis. And uh, I don't know how they knew about me. I guess they there was still an organic list out there, I guess. Yeah, pretty and, small community. Yeah, and one of the speakers was uh, the district manager for Chipotle in the St. Louis area. Wow. And so we went. And I took samples. I took a brochure and a file folder and stuff like that. And after he got through speaking, um, I went up to him and introduced myself. And I'll never forget this guy, you know. I mean, he's the one that got us going. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, he was just, he couldn't believe that we were doing all this down here yeah. in Missouri. Yeah. And he was excited about it. And I said, I want to get in touch with somebody in the corporation. The following week, he emailed me and gave me the email address of a young lady, uh, Elaine Janice was her name, yep. that worked at Chipotle. She was a buyer. Mm-hmm. So in I, the he, corporate office. In the corporate, in Denver, yep. when they were at Denver. Yep. And uh, she and I took on a conversation and she was interested, I mm-hmm. thought. Yep. And she, we had to send our rice to uh, a food safety lab in Missouri, uh, University of Missouri, and it checked out, everything checked out. Nothing was happening. And I told Kay, I said, we need to go and meet Chipotle. Yeah. Okay. So I called her, I got her on the phone, and I said, Kay and I would like to fly to Denver and meet you in person and talk to you about organic rice. Yeah. So you're you're moving forward with this rice proposition. You're seeing this opportunity because you've gone to a Chipotle and they've got a really big spoon. They have a big spoon. Big spoon <laughs> dishing out a lot of rice. But at the same time as you're doing this, the storm's coming, right? The storm's coming personally, physically. Yeah. Right. Right. Listening to Steve describe the persistence required for his rice brand to succeed should be an encouragement for all of us as we meet the daily challenges and struggles of life. Steve's business is gaining incredibly important ground, but personal challenges are ahead. At Seasons Podcast, Our purpose is to educate people about land investment with the goal of seeing a hundred people who don't currently own land become landowners. Our method is helping people reconnect with land through hearing other people's stories. For more information, go to our website, delta-farmland.com. Thank you for joining us today.